Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. You are all here because you want to be able to learn how to decorate your homes and save money at the same time, to not break the bank. So that's what we're talking about today. My five or six favorite ways that I save money or recoup money every time I do a project. And this is going to be turning into a little mini series because the tips I have for you today are ones that I think you might want to learn a little bit more and dive a little deeper in in the weeks to come. So if you are not subscribed to the show, make sure that you do so that you don't miss next Thursday and the following Thursday, where we will dive deep into some of the tips I share today. All right, friends, you are going to want a notebook and a pen for this episode. Enjoy. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Saving money is always a great thing right? But when it comes to home decorating, sometimes we think of this as an extra. Like it might not be justifiable to spend money on the way that your home looks or the way that it feels. And although we could probably go back and forth on why I would disagree about that, the idea of changing space and making your your home feel fresh and new and inviting and welcoming and all the things ultimately costs a penny or two. But how do you save money in this effort? So I have six tips for you today. And I do want, I did allude to this in the intro. I do want you to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss how we dive deeper next week and the week to come. Some of these tips are repeats. You have heard them time and time again. And the repeats are the ones that we're going to dive deeper on next week. All right, tip number one, buy used. Yeah, if you're needing a piece of furniture, go to the thrift store first. Search fake Facebook marketplace. Go somewhere where it has been already loved. It's going to maybe have a scratch or a dent. Maybe it's not the right color that you like. Try that first. You can save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars if you buy used. Now, I do have a few hard stops when I'm buying used. For my own home, I actually don't buy anything upholstered. So that is a hard stop, unless my plan is to reupholster the chair. Otherwise, it's fair game because I know that I can wipe it down. I can sand it. I can paint it. I can do whatever I'm going to be thinking, whatever modification I'm going to be making to it. I can clean it well enough to bring it into my home without the, the fear or the idea that maybe I'd be bringing in a pest or two. But some of you might be okay with upholstered furniture. And if you are, make sure that you give it all the tests. Make sure that you clean it well before you do bring it into your home. As you're buying used, when you're looking at it, doing a quick search, think creatively. How can you modify it or is it going to be fine the way it is? Do you like the lines of it? 
Does it need to be painted or sanded or restained? Does it need new knobs? What needs to happen to it in order to make it fit whatever plan, overall plan you have for your own home? Some of my favorite items that I have in my home are used. If they're not handmade, they're used. One of them is the coffee table in my front room in my library, a French provincial glass coffee table that I spent $30 on. Doing a quick search on eBay, that is upwards of $1,000 if I were to buy it brand new or maybe through even a vintage reseller who knew what they were selling. Another couple of vintage items I have or not vintage, but used items I have are my dining room chairs. Not all of them. I do have three different sets of chairs. I have a bench. I have two captain's chairs that I did buy new, but there are three regular chairs that I bought at a flea market. And I think I spent about $10 each. And of course, buying used can be so good for the local economy, right? It can be so good for keeping things out of landfills. It can be so good for repurposing and just not contributing to the consumeristic way of life that we, that unfortunately us, especially in America, tend to live by. It can be really fun to have something that has told a story before, something that looks like it's been around the block a time or two. But the best part about buying used is that your home tends to look more curated when you have pieces that look like they've been procured over time when they don't look like they've been purchased all in one weekend. When you have furniture items or decor pieces from different eras, it makes your home look more interesting. It makes it look a little bit more storied and nuanced. And that is always a good thing. The second idea is to DIY, to build it, to make it, to construct whatever it is that you're planning on making the change in your home. Try doing it yourself. Maybe it's a piece of art. Maybe it's a pillowcase. Maybe it is a bench for your dining room table. Whatever it is, chances are that the materials that you might need in order to create whatever it is you're creating might be a little bit less expensive than purchasing it brand new. And not to mention, it's really fun. If I were to walk through our home and pinpoint everything that we've handmade, our list would be exhausting. (laughs) We wouldn't have enough time in order to do that. But some of the things that I have made to give you an idea of the spectrum of what is possible are things like textiles, pillowcases, curtains, quilts, though I'm not a quilter, I'm not that mathematical, but I did the kind of lazy girl quilt and that's pretty fun. We've built cupboards and shelves and dining tables and Murphy beds and libraries. We've built rolling ladders. We've built all kinds of things. And not only is it a fun project working together as a team, but it's really fun to take a plan and bring life to it. Last spring or last summer when I was redoing our laundry room, I walked you through the live process of that. And I invited you on that journey to come and see what the transformation was and why it was necessary. The transformation was started out of a desire to have a room that was functioning for me, but I wanted to prove to you as the listeners, that big transformation doesn't have to cost a lot. And some of the tips that I'm telling you today are tips that I've used in that room, one of which is building it yourself. And I needed to have a laundry tower, a laundry storage tower, tabletop, and I didn't want to spend a lot of money. 
So I got scrappy, quite literally pulling out scraps from the garage that that worked together using paint that was maybe not the first color I wanted, but a color I had, recouping some some of the money, which I'm going to share that tip with you in just a minute, in order to make this transformation that is completely different, completely night and day, in order to make that transformation less than $400. Learning a new skill, trying something on your own can be so much fun. It can also be really frustrating if I'm being really honest. You know, if you dive into a project that is kind of over your head, if it's not in your wheelhouse, or if you have to buy all the tools, that can be frustrating. And if that is your first attempt to DIY something, you, if I'm being quite honest, may set yourself up not for failure, but for a lot of frustration. So I would suggest start small. Don't be afraid to use power tools, but don't buy any power tools. Ask your dad, ask your uncle, ask your brother, ask your friend, can you borrow the power tool that you might need in order to create the thing that you want to create? If you're building something, if you're not, and you're doing something like sewing a pillowcase or you're creating an artwork, you might not need to borrow the tools unless you don't have a sewing machine, but be willing to learn. Keep your mind open. It can be a lot of fun, very therapeutic. And it really, when it turns out, you can sit back and think, I built that. Now, fair warning, our very first DIY project, not like repurposing, but a build of our very first build. And when I say our, I really mean Mr. Mr. Fig and Farm. It wasn't very good. It just wasn't. (laughs) He did a great job and it was so wonderful and the idea was right on, but it just, looking back, and if we were to do it now, I think he would have a different plan. And if he didn't have a different plan, I would definitely have a bigger and stronger opinion to say, what about this idea? This will look much better. But we didn't know better. We started where we were. We did buy the first tool, but, you know, fast forward 15 years and now... Mr. Fig and Farm is building farmhouse tables and he's building libraries with rolling ladders. It's pretty remarkable. So don't be afraid is my point. Don't be afraid. You can do it. Number three, use what you have. You've heard the term shop the house so many times. That's going to be one of the deep dives we go into in the next couple of weeks. Really very specific tips for how you can shop the house and what exactly that means. But shopping the house, using what you already have, going through things that you're storing in the garage or the storage unit, bringing things out of hiding, those are all ways to save a buck or two when you're trying to get a fresh new look in your space. Number four. Now, I'm going to present this in one way that you're going to say, well, duh, but I'm going to have you take a look at the other side of this. So shop the sales. (laughs) And that is where you all say in unison, well, duh, of course, we're going to shop the sales. Why? Because we're so good at shopping the sales. But here's the thing. When you are ready to transform your space, when you're ready, you've got that itch, you maybe want to redo a whole room, or you're just thinking, I want to shop for spring. Don't just go out and buy something. Take a look at your calendar. And as you're taking a look at your calendar, check to see what the next biggest holiday is. Because those big holidays align, and you all know this, they align with the biggest sales. Now, if you watch those sales, you're going to know which sales are better than others. Of course, Black Friday, which now is like a month-long thing, or Prime Day, or whatever. They're going to have the big sales align with the big holidays. So take a look at your calendar, see what big holiday is coming up next, and then plan your shopping trip, whether it's online or in person, around that holiday. 
On that same note, don't be afraid to ask if stores price match. You'd be surprised how many times stores price match even their own store. (laughs) For example, every time I go to Target, I'm always using their Circle app or whatever it's called. I always check, see if it's on sale. If it is, great. I load it into my wallet that is on, on the app. But if I notice that the sale price is less expensive online but it's more expensive in-store, which happens more often than you know, at the register, I will ask them if they will price match the online price. And guess what? Yes. Now, here's here's a very sweet tip. Are you ready? If you have about a million people in line behind you, maybe that might not be the best time to do it. Step aside, wait your turn, and then then ask, because it does take a little bit of time, a little bit of patience in order to get them to look it up online and give you the price match. But it's not just stores in their own price matching their own sales or their own online prices. It literally is store to store. Just recently, we price matched our tires for our car. And and of course, this is not furniture. This is tires, but the same principle applies. A lot of stores will guarantee they want your business. And so you don't know unless you ask but we saved $300 on our set of tires by asking if they price match. And they did. And when we bought the tires, one of the guys who was ringing us up, <laughs> he he looked at the um, the manager who was right next to him and he said, uh, is this right? Because he even recognized how good of a deal it was. So don't be shy, be your own advocate and ask, do they price match? On the same note, and going back to purchasing used, if you're at a flea market or you're at a garage sale, that is the perfect time for you to say, will you take a lower price? And don't just ask, will you take a lower price? Tell them the price you want to pay, but be nice about it. You would be surprised how much you can, I don't want to say get, it sounds like you're manipulating and I don't mean that, but kindness pays. It always pays. It always wins in every situation. So be nice. I have even been able to receive a lower price point at thrift stores because of the discrepancy of the price on the item that I'm purchasing. Be aware if you are buying plates, we'll say, or, you know, some, whatever, if you're buying a set of something at the thrift store, the people who price those are not always the same people. And there are oftentimes a lot of discrepancies. So if you want six items, but only four of them are priced at 50 cents, but the others are priced at a dollar, mention it and mention it kindly at the cash register and ask if they will match that price. It happens there as well. The fifth way that you can save money when you're trying to redecorate your home, spruce it up a little bit, is not necessarily in the saving, but actually in the recouping. And this is to sell items on Facebook Marketplace. When I was redoing the laundry room, I don't remember the exact total I got for it, but I sold several pieces in order to subsidize the expense I was putting into the laundry room supplies. I sold the hamper, a garbage can, a wall hanging basket, I think extra cleaning supplies that were still brand new, but I just didn't need, and I knew that I didn't need them, an extra iron, little things like that that weren't going to go back into the space. Now, here's the trick with that. And I did mention Facebook Marketplace, but I do mean your local neighborhood garage sale sites, your online sites. Selling through there is actually a really nice way because they're they're your neighbors. And it's, to me, can feel a little bit less intimidating than selling it on Facebook Marketplace or even Craigslist. 
But one thing that I do when I'm trying to to sell that way, if I know I'm getting rid of it anyway, I'm only going to offer it for sale for about a week. And that is it. I put a time limit on it and then I say it's actually going. Now, whether or not I want to add it to the free group in my neighborhood to get rid of it that way, or I just want to say I'm loading it all up on this day, I'm taking it to the donation center, whatever it is, I have a deadline and I act on that deadline so that those things that you're trying to get rid of don't take up space in the garage or that room that you're trying to refresh or somewhere else around the house. Get rid of it. Another way, I think we're on number six, that the way that I save money when I'm decorating a, a decorating a space is I really understand the return policy. So if I am wanting to try something out in my home, if I think, yep, this is in line with my aesthetic, I've ran it through the filter of my aesthetic, I've ran it through the filter of my feeling word, I'm bringing it home, I'm going to try it out. I don't want to be bound to that thing. So I'm going to know what the return policy is, especially if it is on large pieces of furniture, especially if they are things that I'm buying online, especially if I am willingly and knowingly taking a risk on it, and I'm not sure how that risk is going to turn out. Make sure you understand the return policy so that you're not ending up having to sell it yourself and then not get as much as you paid for it, or even worse, keep it and then just hate it. All right, and the very last one, tip number seven, it's an extra bonus one, something I say time and time and time and time again, and I will say it until I am blue in the face, the absolute best way you can save money is to make a plan before you purchase a thing. So many times when I'm working with clients or when I'm working in Home Design 101, I tell them, hide your credit card, put it away. You don't need it yet. And you might not need it in step number three, actually keep it hidden. (laughs) Give it to someone who will not give it to you when you plead with them that you want it. And that can be really, really hard, especially if you are so desiring change that you're ready to just run or jump at the first thing, the first thing that you kind of think will work. But what often happens, and we talk about this in Home Design 101 too, is that the thing that happens is that you make a purchase before you make a plan, and then you are bound to that purchase, and you end up designing around the bondage, the piece that you actually don't like anymore, the piece that you got stuck with because now you can't return it or because it costs too much. And that is not designing. That is living with that piece that you don't like. All right, to recap our seven ways to save money when you're designing, when you're wanting that refresh, when you're wanting to make change in your space, but you just don't want to spend a whole lot of money. Quick recap. Number one, buy used items. Number two, Try a DIY. Number three, use what you already have. Number four, look at your calendar, align your purchase time with the next holiday because chances are the sales are going to happen around the next holiday. Number five, sell on Facebook Marketplace or even better, your online local garage sales so that you can recoup some of the costs that you would be spending otherwise. Number six, understand your return policy so you're not bound to a big decision. And number seven, The best tip, plan, plan, plan before you go, before you purchase a single thing. All right, friends, what tips do you have that I didn't mention? I want you to come into the Facebook group and I want you to mention how you save money when you're designing your space. Let us know. Let us know what we're missing. Let us know what needs to be on the list the next time we share. And until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go. 
If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.